0: Wait a second. This isn't your grandma's cancer show. Not your grandma's cancer show. Hi, I'm Tatum Duroc and today we're diving into dating, sex, and Shine Connect. I know <laughs> Connect sounds a little bit like a dating site, but it's actually a young adult cancer conference. And we had over 30 different workshops at Connect. And in this episode, you're going to get to hear what went on in our dating and sex and intimacy workshops. So I've got the always awesome Kynwin Giles on Zoom with me. Hi, Kynwin. Hi, Tatum. And Kynwin Giles is one of the co-founders of Shine, and she had cancer in her thirties and was diagnosed. How many weeks after having your little girl? Uh, not- six
1: weeks. She was she was six weeks premature, and she was six weeks old when I was diagnosed. And she's not so little anymore, is she? No, she's turning thirteen <gasps> next. Yeah, she makes fun of my accent. She, <laughs> so yeah, she's a proper teenager now. Tell me, how do you
0: go about choosing what goes into a cancer conference?
1: We are a patient led charity. And for us, creating an event that meets the needs of the people that we support is really important. So our first step is always to do some kind of survey um where we ask people what kind of topics should we cover and so if you answered that thank you very much if you didn't answer it answer it next year because it's really important <laughs> um but we basically go and kind of look at those issues and say right okay these are things we think we should cover and then we'll talk to people um and also kind of do like a little like a survey of the media so has there been anything that's happened that we think we should cover or or what things are becoming more popular, um, or people are more interested in. So like this year, we had a keynote speaker who was talking about the gut microbiome. And um, the reason that we chose that was we know that the the gut microbiome is something that a lot of people are interested in when they have cancer. And so we we found a speaker. So that's how we start. And when it comes to dating and sex, is that like one
0: of the things that you hear a lot of people have challenges with,
1: struggle with, are impacted by? What What's some yeah. of the feedback that you get about that? We hear that a lot. I think what's interesting is that actually a lot of people don't put those on the survey. Mm. I think because they might feel a bit uncomfortable or embarrassed. But once we mention it to people, everyone goes, oh yeah, yeah, you should really do that.
0: And that almost seems like the kind of how it goes in healthcare as well around sexual health, right? It really does. It takes someone to bring it up and it's like, yeah, there's a lot going on underneath the surface. If someone's listening right now and they're like, this sounds amazing and they want to know more, they want to see more, can you see the conference even after it's done? You definitely
1: can. Thanks for asking Tatum. Uh, we have, um, so we have put most of the sessions are up on Shine's YouTube channel. So you can look at them. Um, unfortunately, the one about the gut microbiome is not because a lot of researchers don't want their um, research out there, which is totally fair enough. But our dating session is up there and the cancer and intimacy um, session is also up there. So you can catch up on those as well as I think about 25 others.
0: Wow. OK, that's <laughs> that's a full day's viewing and then some. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's have a listen to Ali Asprew. I was actually in the dating session with her and she has such a calming presence. She really uh- does. Yeah, right, absolutely. and yeah. she had cancer when she was a teenager and now she's a confidence coach and I have to say like she could give me some more confidence <laughs> like just yeah, we that we need like a, a little pocket alley with us right I think. Yeah. right so have a listen she's going to share about how you go about checking in with yourself to
2: even know are you ready to date I think a big part of it is You don't want to feel pressured to to go out there and have those experiences. Like Tatum was saying, some people kind of feel liberated, but others might feel heavy um, and like they have all this kind of baggage now. Uh, So you do need to make sure that you're kind of truly ready to put yourself out there. Otherwise, you could be putting yourself through a lot of unnecessary stress on top of everything else that you've just experienced. Um, And certainly for me and and a lot of other people I've spoken to, cancer can change so much about your life, um, including your perspective and your priorities as well. So you might kind of notice a difference from the person you used to be before a cancer diagnosis when you'd go out on dates in the past. And it's really about kind of getting to understand what you want out of dating and whether you're ready for it. Um, so getting to know the person you are now, uh, the one who is going through cancer treatment or has finished cancer treatment and is kind of forging this new path. Um, I've always said to people that I've worked with, spend some time alone, building yourself back up first so you could do things like meditation, taking yourself on kind of solo dates. Um, something that might help is writing down kind of a profile of this new you. So noting down what's important to you, what's important f- for you and someone you're dating, um, and how you kind of want your life to look. Are you looking for someone to kind of settle down with, or are you just wanting to get out there and kind of meet new people? and um, so writing down all of those things can help you to kind of make sense of what you want to get out of dating and whether you're actually ready to get out there again. Um it sounds really cliche and really cheesy, but I always say that confidence starts with self-love and it's all about kind of loving yourself first before you, you go out there and kind of meet new people. Um, so there are four aspects to the self. So there's the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And I've handed Claire a document in which should be in the resources section, which gives you some prompts to help you think about how you'll look after each aspect of yourself. Um, but for the sake of time, I know have only got an hour today. So I wanted to focus on the kind of the physical aspect because your body does go through so much when you've been diagnosed with cancer. And I know that's something a lot of people, including myself were kind of affected by and lack confidence in, um, and your body goes through a lot. It might change quite dramatically. I had to learn to walk again. So that was a big thing for me. Um, I didn't want to kind of walk with a limp or anything. I didn't want to stand out in any way. Um, so being a teenager obviously a self-conscious teenager that was that was a big thing for me um but it might take take time for you to kind of get used to your to your body how it is now Um, and you need to make sure that you feel comfortable with yourself before you think about getting physical with someone else essentially so somebody told me this and I think is a really great tip is just to Start small, just buy yourself a kind of a nice, rich moisturizer and spend some time moisturizing your skin, showing yourself a bit of love and reconnecting with your body again and kind of understanding um, me with my leg. For instance, there's parts of it now which are still numb. It's a different shape to how my other leg is. Um, it's quite different. And you're actually taking the time to understand how my body is now, what my body is like now how it feels to me and it can help you to kind of start to think of your body as something to be grateful for I suppose instead of being frustrated by it and you start to kind of show yourself a bit of self-love. Using affirmations as well that's something that really helped me kind of grow my confidence and they need to be quite personal to you so they actually really mean something. Um, But you might use phrases such as I'm grateful for my body or I choose to be kind to myself. And there's another document in the resources section that can help you kind of craft your own affirmations. But I would recommend repeating themselves, repeating to yourself every day. I have my own that I repeat every single morning as soon as I get up. And that helps me to kind of focus on the positives as soon as I get up to the day. Um, Another thing to think about is in terms of actually going on a date is uh, the type of clothes that you wear, of type of image that you kind of put across. Um, wearing clothes that you feel good in can massively boost your confidence. So when I think about how different I used to feel when I was going through chemo and I'd stay in my pyjamas all day, it was a massive difference to when I got changed, got dressed and kind of sat up a little bit, got out of bed and sat in the chair next to the bed. Even little things like that made a massive difference to me. Um, but choosing something that you're comfortable in but also confident in is massive so me for instance I can't wear massive high heels anymore it's just a no-go for me I've never really been able to wear them anyway but now I definitely can't so it might be that you don't want to wear massive heels it might be that you don't want to wear a kind of low-cut top but you need to find something that you're really comfortable wearing Uh, but also makes you feel amazing about yourself. So kind of comfortable and confident is the way forward with that. Um, Body language as well, in terms of your body language, going on a date, it's not just in the words that you're saying, it's the kind of way you're expressing yourself. So if uh, you're just about to go out the door and you think, I'm really so nervous about this, um, there is a thing called power poses, which you can do. So the Wonder Woman pose, like this with your hands and your hips. You might find you might feel a bit stupid to you while, while you're doing it, but if you do it for two minutes um and kind of stand up tall, stand up straight if you can, that kind of gives you that extra bit of bit of confidence before you walk out the door. Um and finally, I'd say taking it for what it is and taking the pressure off yourself, dating's so a massive thing, especially when you've gone through. Uh, gone through cancer and you know going through cancer and remember that even if your date goes really really badly it's just another thing to add to your story it's another story you can tell people it's not the end of the world you've come through a lot worse Um, relax and kind of enjoy the experience for what it is without putting any expectations on it because um, at the end of the day it's uh, your cancer is only one part of your story and um, You are a whole person with a lot of other experiences in your life and lots of other interests and things. And um, So just relax and take it easy and kind of take it for what it is. It's just another experience in your life.
0: Kindwin, of how do you feel about that? Like that rediscovering who you are post-diagnosis? Was that kind of a whole
1: new world to you? Well, I think, so I have to, full disclosure, I was married when I had cancer. So I wasn't dating anyone, but... Having said that, obviously I've been running you know, Shine with Emma for many years now and it is something that we hear a lot because I think whether it's dating or it's work or it's something else, actually your confidence massively gets knocked when mm-hmm. you're so sick because you never thought it would happen to you and all of a sudden you find yourself having to pick up the pieces really of your life and so I think you have to discover in a weird kind of way who you are now. When, you, when you've lived through all of this stuff. And I think, you know, Ali makes some really good points about how can you connect with yourself. And this whole idea of like, you know, going on a date with yourself, I think is a great one. Go spend the day doing something that you like. Um, so I used yeah, to do like that. Your yes, day. Yes, your yes days. Yeah.
0: About. I love a yes day there a day that i get up in the morning i get dressed i put on makeup i you know wear something that makes me good, look good feel good any message that comes through or anything that comes through on email to some random thing i say yes to and then i continue saying yes through the end of the day and i've gone on like a really like a culture seekers museum visit and then ended up in a nightclub in North London and <laughs> and going from one to the other because I had to say yeah. yes I had to buy a really cheap outfit and this was pre-pandemic go in somewhere and uh, use the oh my god I would never do this now you know the tester makeup. Uh, <laughs> oh, to do your makeup
1: yeah, wow. before Yeah, that's a whole world of
0: viruses you don't
1: want now. <laughs> oh, and having worked
0: somewhere, uh, I would never, never touch those things now. But um, yes, yeah, so the, like a yesterday was a day that I could get some stories and also entertain myself because that's such a big part of it. Like, do you think you're good company, and can yeah. you be good company for yourself? And then you sort of know what you have to offer.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important. Like she talks a lot about, you know, what do you wear and and wear something that makes you feel good so that you're comfortable and you're not, you know, worrying about how you look and things and and you can do that on, you know, whether it's a yes day or a date with yourself or whatever it is. It, and I, I think, you know, go for a coffee, go for a walk, go see a movie you really want to go see so that you know, one, you've got stories for when you're on the date, but mm-hmm. two, that you know what you like, which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and it is, it's, you know, it's such a, a, it can be such a disconnecting time when you don't know what's up, what's down, and, you know, the idea of being around someone else can be really overwhelming. So it's really nice. Again, Ali's voice. uh, So so calm. South Wales. So soothing. Yeah. And, you know, she also in the session that you can hear the whole thing um, and watch it on um, Shine's YouTube. You can, you know, really get a sense of like going easy on yourself. And if it doesn't work out, You know, it's okay because most of the time it doesn't. And that's the normal up and down of dating. But when you're a bit more vulnerable, of course, you don't have that like protective bubble in quite the same way. Um, So me, Claire and Ali actually came up with some tips. So we're going to share those with you now. So this is to make it easy for yourself. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you feel the need to be assertive halfway through, um, you know, Convenient location, exit routes, mm-hmm. um, the a situation where you don't have to be stuck. Because if they are a disappointment, then you can just, you know, feign that text and just get out of Dodge, you know? Um, so yeah, coffee works really well. Um, quick drink works really well, but plans later works really well. Um, and yeah, just make it easy. You can always stay longer um you know if it's all going good you can be like oh actually you know my plans later got pushed a bit so I've got another hour or whatever it is um but I definitely you know if someone doesn't have the reaction that you want them to have or you know
2: they're not what you thought they were going to be um that you can get out talking of texting <laughs> um, sharing the experience and having a few friends who know what's going on so texting your friends beforehand or on your way for kind of words of support and encouragement having that kind of little network around you um is always was always, always really great when you start dating again
3: absolutely it's like having little cheerleaders in your pocket isn't it yeah it is. people who love you and think you're great just telling you yeah. that you're great is really what you need on the way <laughs> always um the third one we've kind of covered this so I won't linger on it but take time to work out your story work out exactly what it is that you want to tell and how you want to tell it before you get there um just like we said practice with neutral people you could try out that model see if it helps in a way that feels natural for you and then that might help you feel that the timing of that conversation it might just feel a bit more oh yeah now it's okay because I feel confident about it yeah the more you do the
0: easier it gets like I think that setting out some uh, practice, practice dates. Um, don't be put off by feeling exhausted by the first day. You know, that tension is going to be high, especially the first few after cancer. But like
2: just knowing that it does get a bit easier as it gets a bit more normal. Uh, giving the other person the opportunity to react in the best way they can. So give them time to think about what you're telling them um they won't have a play with either on the best way to react to what you say so kind of give them give them a chance let it settle in and uh kind of take it from there
3: um plan what to say to end the date so <laughs> i don't know if any of you guys have found this but i've been on some like four hour dates where i knew after 10 minutes that this <laughs> wasn't you're like oh you're sitting there kind of making <laughs> in a really awkward manner um have an exit strategy (laughs) so that if you feel it's not really working that you're not you're not stuck there with someone for hours because I think that in itself feeds into our what dates are like in -hmm. our head you know we fill up this kind of memory bank of dates are stressful and awful because we've gone on these kind of dates where they didn't work out and we sat there for ages and it was you know don't let that happen like like we said make make the first date short and sweet and easy to easy to exit if you want to.
0: I was just going to say, I uh, didn't listen to that rule uh, once and (laughs) had a really fun first date that led me to waking up at theirs, but I was so hungover, I actually couldn't leave until five (laughs) o'clock. I was so sick the next day. (laughs) So I don't recommend that, but um,
3: it happens just. (laughs) And you just had to move in with them because you were too unwell. That's it. (laughs) too tired to leave. Our last top tip is you will have dates that aren't all roses and fireworks. And it's really easy when you have, if you've been out of the dating team for a while, because you're not being well, or if you're just feeling nervous and anxious because of what everything you've been through, it's easy to forget that that's quite normal. Like actually dating is up and up, you know, has its ups and downs and the fact a date hasn't gone brilliantly won't always, you know, it's, it will rarely be to do with cancer. It will be to do with the millions of other reasons that people come with baggage and we all have this. And, and, and it's sometimes can be quite useful to talk to your friends who are dating just to kind of get a gauge on that it is an up and down experience for everyone. Because I think mm-hmm. it can really, it can, like we said, it can knock your confidence, which already might be a bit low. The top tip really here is if dates don't end up in a relationship, that they don't really work, just count that off. That was a practice date. That was one where you tried it out. You had some chat. You were just warming up your stories, your anecdotes. But eventually those experiences will lead to the one date that does work and does work out and you will have a relationship from. So think of this as just getting more experience rather than a bad date. So those are our top tips. So, Carmen, what did you think of
1: of those?
3: I think they're great
1: because so many of them you could apply to different parts of your life, whether Mm -hmm. it's dating or not. But I think for dating, it is really important not to – put too much pressure on yourself and to to recognize that the date might not go perfectly. I also do really like the idea you should have an exit plan, mainly because I feel like I live my life with some kind of <laughs> exit plan. I always like to live near an international airport so I can leave. Um, but um, no, I think it's, you know, it's, I can't remember who said it now, whether it was Claire or Ali, but you know, if you are having a nice time that you can always say, oh, actually my friend's delayed. I can, I can stay for another hour. Mm -hmm. That's great. But actually, if you go in, and you say, Oh, I'm meeting somebody in, you know, an hour and a half, you've got you've got an easy out. And I think Claire mentions that she's been on a few four hour dates, it should have only been 15 minutes. So (laughs) no one needs that in their life. (laughs) No. And
0: yeah, that was me that added in there that I had a really good date, but then got really sick the next day and couldn't leave their house. Till five o'clock the next day. Embarrassing. (laughs) like When you normally do a a piece out, maybe, you know, at an appropriate time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'd love to hear about your stories. Like if you've been inspired by this, if you've maybe been holding off or, you know, I mean, so many things happen after cancer because, you know, like you were um, married. But of course, like a lot of people actually find that relationships sometimes change. Um, Sometimes people have stayed longer in a relationship because they've been in it, you know, during cancer and actually it has maybe run its course and maybe it's a long time later. You know, I remember thinking at one point that I would never date again and I was around this woman and she was in her late 60s talking about her boyfriend and everything else and I was like, oh, wait, hold on maybe I'm not actually 105. Maybe I can actually date again. <laughs> you just feel like you're 105. I feel like I am. And, and it was hearing someone that was older, you know, just like, and she loves going out dancing and everything else. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm going to do this. So yeah. if you've been inspired we'd love to hear from you. Tell us your tips. Tell us your bad dates. You know, find us on Instagram, um, join the Shine community, and then you've got other people to share your bad dates with, and they can share theirs too, which always makes you feel a bit better, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Misery
1: loves company, but in the best possible (laughs) way.
0: (laughs) And um, where's the, what's the
1: Shine Instagram page? So, we are just at Shine Cancer Support on Insta, and you can drop us a message and uh, we could share it anonymously. Or, you know, if you want to put your name to it, fine, but don't worry, we usually will anonymize that kind of stuff. But we, we can come back and chat about it, or we might invite you on the show. If you've got a story you'd like to tell, let us know.
0: Yeah, we're always down to hear that. And, you know, we're not saying, you know, the order of this today is dating and then sex. We're not saying it has to go in that order. Sometimes of my life, it's definitely been sex. Then, if they were good, a date might follow. So, you know, these things can go any way round. But when you were looking for people to do the sex workshop, how how do you find people in this area, in this field, and is this something that's commonplace for people to be talking about sex after cancer? I think,
1: well, not enough people talk about it, and it it it, it can be really hard to find experts and people that are available. I think one thing I loved about Cheryl and Sarah, who who we had on as part of the conference, I met them actually back in the summer and it was purely somehow, I can't remember how I had come across a really beautifully designed booklet on cancer and intimacy. And I knew the person who had designed the booklet. So I emailed them and said, who wrote the content for this? And so she put me in touch with Cheryl and Sarah, who have this program called Cancer, Sex and Intimacy. And so that was how I met them. I chatted to them in the summer. They live in South London. So we were like, oh, great. We all live in South London. We've all had cancer. And I think for me, what was really nice is that it it gave us the ability to have a patient-led session because it is really different. There are some great experts out there, but To have people who have had cancer and been through it and can speak from that point of view Mm -hmm. just seemed like a great opportunity. So I had them on my list for about six months, actually, um, saying, "Okay, I've got to get these guys to come along. Brilliant. We're going to hear them introduce themselves now.
4: This project came about really from feelings of, I would say, feelings of in in injustice uh, around the kind of lack of conversations that happened around cancer, sex and intimacy. So my personal story is that I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in January 2017. And my treatment um, was quite complex. I ended up having a stem cell transplant. And along the way, I was always being told about the side effects that would happen to my hair, my stomach, my um just my skin you know I was told about all those kinds of side effects and fertility was discussed as well which is great but never was sex talked about never once was I asked and when I found after my stem cell transplant that actually I was having some quite difficult some quite strange and um, unfamiliar side effects I felt completely lost. I was shocked. and So I found that after the stem cell transplant that sex was actually very painful. When I came to have um, sex with my partner, penetrative sex, it was excruciating and I had no idea why. And for along my cancer journey actually sex had been something that was quite comforting and it made me feel kind of a bit more connected to my body when all these terrible things were happening. Um, and then after my stem cell transplant to find suddenly I was um, kind of left in the dark with this this pain that I wasn't remotely expecting. It, 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 was, it was hard to deal with. So it took a long time to pluck up the courage, but I did ask my CNS and I was unfortunately met with the response of, oh, I've never heard that happening. Um, Maybe try some lube. And then that was it. The conversation was shut down. And obviously, when you've had an experience like that, you don't really want to ask again. (laughs) So I just felt angry after that. Um, So I kind of felt like I wanted to find out, does this happen to other people? Um, Does this happen to other women? I mean, I had a blood cancer. Maybe they didn't know this happened, but actually talking to other blood cancer patients, it's not uncommon at all. Uh, Stem cell transplants are, um, it's highly likely that you go into early menopause with that. That wasn't really talked about. Um, And pain is also very common depending on the the root of that pain. So um, I just felt disappointed that my, my healthcare team that were meant to be looking after me didn't bring that to the table. Um so it was sort of off the back of that kind of getting a, a, a bit of a shrug off from my oncology teams that I was like, OK, let's do a bit of detective work. Let's take this into my own hands. And luckily, I came into contact with a lovely Macmillan health professional who who listened when I spoke about. Actually, this is an, one of the biggest issues I'm having in my recovery. Um, she listened and I came up with a thought in the moment I was like we should do a sex toy workshop for women living with and beyond cancer wouldn't that be great something fun something non-clinical and thank god she said yes and it was then through lots of discussions and lots of um, kind of meetings in cafes this was before the pandemic Um, we uh, came up with the idea of doing a sex toy workshop in partnership with an amazing um, sex positive shop called Shush. Uh, they used to be based in Hoxton in London but they're now mainly online um, and they were established in sort of the 90s and they've always been about like mainly focusing on female pleasure but just pleasure in general and pleasure seekers, people that want to connect with their body in in new and exciting ways so they felt like a great partner for this because a lot of what you want to do during treatment or after treatment is to kind of reclaim parts of your body that you maybe feel have changed or have you've lost something along the way um so the first one was in person in October 2019 um where it was a group of about 12 women we all got together um in a group and just talked shared stories and it was really beautiful um different cancers different ages completely different people just sharing this sort of in a way um, similar narrative of not feeling listened to and not feeling like that part of their life was important um, and that's where I met the absolutely amazing Cheryl and that started us on the journey of cancer sex and intimacy so Cheryl I'll pass it over
5: to you Thank you. So I'll backtrack a little bit. So (laughs) my name is Cheryl and I've got stage four neuroendocrine cancer. My cancer was found quite late. Never heard of it before. It was completely unheard of. um, And it's deemed to be one of the more rare cancers. So I had my surgery. I had some treatment. I'm still on lifelong treatment at the moment. But um, what I found is that I had a major operation on my abdomen. And I thought, at some point, somebody's going to say to me, refrain from sex, or you can resume, or, you know, try this or try that. It wasn't mentioned. And I thought, okay, maybe they'll mention it later on. I mentioned some issues around the scar, that it was tight, it hurt, still didn't mention it. I thought, hmm, okay, maybe this is just the norm. Look through the booklet, nothing there. Anyway. I happened to meet a young, I'll call him a young man, at a liver cancer clinic, believe it or not. We were sitting in the waiting room, waiting for our appointments, met each other, happened to kind of be friends but fall in love, if that makes sense. But anyway, so one of the things he said to me was that his friend came to visit him one day and says to him, so how's your sex life? And he was like, what? I've got cancer I'm stage four and you're asking me about my sex life I sat there and I thought well why not it's part of you you're still here you're still alive you've still got feelings all those emotions are there they don't disappear because you've had chemotherapy or radiotherapy or your surgery you're still who you are just things have changed so I started asking the questions I thought this is odd nobody's mentioned it He's mentioned it or a friend has said it to him. So let me start asking the question. So I put a little survey together, sent it out to a few friends. They shared it with their support groups like for breast cancer and ovarian cancer, different groups. And the shocking question that I asked was, how many of you were basically asked about your sex life since you've been diagnosed with cancer? 92% of the women said they had not been spoken to. 92% is that I just couldn't believe what I was seeing anyway at that point I'd started to link up with the lady at Macmillan, the engagement lead and I told her that i had done this survey I found it really shocking and I was on a mission I think it was a way of coping with my cancer as well trying to find something to do because I was previously working full-time and I couldn't work anyway she said, not a problem. We can do that, Cheryl. And she said, oh, by the way, there's a, um, a lovely event going to take place at um, Shush Women's Store in Hoxton. Would you like to come? Put both hands up. That's me talking about sex. Of course I'm there.
0: I love both of them. They're, yeah, so, they're cool. so great.
1: They're I'm both s- awesome. So
0: great that they met each other as well. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, It was like the stars aligned and brought them together. They're yeah. a great duo. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I love that Cheryl met um, you know,
1: her her love at <laughs> at a clinic. That's Yeah. I mean but I love that she did the survey, like yeah. you know, was like, oh I'm just gonna make a survey because I think this is a problem and then I'm gonna prove to you it's a problem. Um which is awesome. And I'm actually surprised it was even ninety two like ninety-two mm. percent of people hadn't been asked. I, I would love to know who those eight percent were because I'm not sure. It's, I don't think I know eight percent cancer eight percent of the cancer patients I know haven't been asked, I wouldn't say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really is shocking how little it's spoken about and even in some support groups as well like there's a real hesitancy to bring it up and a lot of the resources out there I know when I first started looking they were for uh older people um and that is quite different at that time of life you know and you know your needs or your desires i mean, you know um not saying that you, you you can't be like you know obviously i want people in their 70s 80s and 90s to be <laughs> going at it and having a brilliant time but in that literature written for you know an older demographic it doesn't translate to a 25 year old to a 31 year old no
1: and a lot of it is really clinical as mm. well like you know you know white pages with a an arial size 12 font in black <laughs> and and that's it no photos nothing and oh, i think pink. that's pink oh yeah pink maybe yeah. pink If you're dealing with breast cancer, they might talk about it, but uh, possibly blue if you have prostate cancer, So that's not going to help many people in the Shine community. Um, But I think that's why uh, we will put a link in when we post this uh to the cancer sex and intimacy um email address or the instagram page so you can order a booklet because their booklet is really beautifully um illustrated and it's just kind of different it looks nice it Mm. looks like something you'd like to have it looks like a coffee book table Um, yeah a coffee coffee table
0: book yes that's it that's the one (laughs) Yeah, like you'd you'd want that out, you know, yes. for people to browse when they come exactly. over. So Sarah and Cheryl in this next clip are gonna give us a bit of a lowdown on lube and toys.
4: There's so much you can do as well, you know, like the the, the array of toys, the array of wonderful lubes. There's not just one one lube out there, there's just a wonderful array and wonderful new routes to pleasure um that just aren't being kind it's not like doom and gloom it's actually can be exciting it can be you know it's a journey It's, it's going to be a difficult one but it is like yeah I mean and that's what we want to discuss a little bit as well like some of the exciting ways to bring back pleasure and that's what a lot of the pleasure and intimacy is about and um But for me, one of the big things is is just finding toys that work for your body as well. Like I'm someone that really does enjoy using some mechanical assistance. And like the the world of sex toys is wonderful. I mean, um, it's not just sort of like a a buzzing toy with one set that it maybe feels too extreme, perhaps if there's a sensitivity, whether it's after surgery or something. But you can get these wonderful vibrators that just have the most gentlest of rumbles that can help you reconnect with yourself um Mm -hmm. sexually after cancer or even just using them on parts of your body um, and finding new erogenous zones it's 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 really there is all of that out there
0: yeah and and the lube they mention in it as well is the Yes Products. Um, and yeah. if you want to hear the whole thing and want to see it, again, it's on Shine's YouTube page. Um, so yeah. look up Shine Cancer Support <laughs> on YouTube, you will find it there. Um, because, yeah, there's so much good stuff. Oh, and they even mentioned that um, sometimes you can get um, lube or um, vaginal moisturizer free on prescription. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's quite, quite a handy. So it's definitely like a really great um, workshop to get some ideas,
1: uh, know that you're not alone in what you're going through. Um, and if you've had cancer, prescriptions are free. So you can get your free lube. And then you can just go to town there just you as are. much yeah. as you like <laughs> well, you can I like how she I my favorite word in that is your route to pleasure mm. I was like oh I've never really thought of it that way but yeah, yeah. roots to pleasure and then also we're talking about like the gentle rumbling mm-hmm. of various toys so it Gosh. doesn't need to be you know shouldn't be harmful or painful it's just a gentle rumble Yeah. I
0: love, love that. And they do talk about, you know, intimacy isn't necessarily something that you have to do with someone else. Like you can find that pleasure by yourself and have a, you know, have a great time. And again, a little bit like um, where Alice was talking about in the beginning about that reconnecting with yourself and your kind of body as it is now. And maybe you have different, um, different, it requirements really um what you're looking for as well because for some women not everybody but post um postmenopausal women actually increased vibrations um, mm. Can do the trick. So whereas they might have not even been interested in toys before, actually, sometimes the extra input—I think they yeah. described it as—can actually <laughs> um, be more beneficial. So literally, even what you like sexually might completely change, um, and so it's it can be a time of of exploration.
1: Yeah, and I think Ali in the in the first kind of clips that we heard. Um, she talks about um, like getting to know your body again if you've gone through surgery and simple stuff like you know using moisturizer and if you've had surgery in your body you could use moisturizer on that part of your body just to get to know it in a in a gentle way and I thought that was really nice and kind of linked really nicely into what Sarah and Cheryl were talking about but then also um and you know that session i should say it wasn't only for women it was for men as well they did try to and people who are non-binary as well so to sort of open it up to to everybody but there's also links into menopause as well and we we had a menopause session which actually tatum i know you you hosted as well um but we had a great menopause session at shine connect video also on uh, the youtube channel but you know so if you've got questions you can kind of hopefully link a few things together to help you for wherever you are whether it's confidence whether it's intimacy whether it's menopause and and find sort of put together your own package of things that might be able to help.
0: Yeah and I actually found out new things I mean I think that's the thing is that even when we're working in this yeah. area and we think we've got like, oh, okay, I've got a handle and all the different things that are out there. There's always something new. And Dr. Murad Seif, he told me about new medication that can help with hot flushes that are not HRT. Yeah. Really, really great and interesting things out there that are in- important to know so that you can feel empowered. You can ask a healthcare professional what you need and know that like you're absolutely entitled to your pleasure.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the thing, you know, with Shara, I think it was at the beginning talking about how she spoke to her CNS and her CNS was like, oh, I don't know. I've never heard that before. If they've never heard it, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because they never asked or they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. I do truly believe that because these are are problems that are shared so much by so many people and they just don't get talked about. So if, if you are feeling that way or you have been knocked back by medical professionals, it's really important to know that actually, yeah, you're not alone. And and there's a lot of good, there are some good resources out there for you.
0: Oh, Kainwin, it's always lovely chatting to you. Uh, It's so nice to have you here. And we'd love for more people to get this info. We'd love for more people to have more dates. More sex, more pleasure. (laughs) So if you're listening to this podcast, what we would love, love, love you to do, if you like it, is to write a review. Because it actually helps us get out to more people, gets this information out and... So you'd be doing us a massive favour if you could write us a review. So thank you so much in advance
1: for that. Thank you, Kynwin. That could be your one your one good deed for the day. Just press like, subscribe, write a review. It'll yes. take you a two minutes.
0: <laughs> We'd love that. And thank you so much to the wonderful radio facilities for sponsoring our podcast. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.